So glad that you're here today. Really am excited about today as we do baptism in a few minutes. But some of you, this is your first time with us, and we're so honored and glad that you came and visit with us today. And if you missed it already, uh, we mentioned that there was a connection card in your program. Just ask to take a minute and fill that out and let us know about your presence with us this morning. We're just thankful that you're here today. Um, we're in a series called Miracles, and we're just kind of looking at through some of the miracles of Jesus. There's so many miracles, we can't cover them all um, in this short series. But we're just kind of highlighting some of these great, awesome, powerful miracles that Jesus performed. And uh, so we're going to be looking today in Mark in just a few minutes. Have you ever been outside? And you probably notice it's a lot in the summertime, but, you know, it's it's a beautiful day, and all of a sudden the air stops. The birds stop singing. It's just a quiet, weird calm. And you know that in a few minutes that a storm is brewing, and within that next hour that storm happens. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, we, we experienced that probably the past week a little bit. You think about it, Thursday Right? Was it Thursday or um, Wednesday? Wednesday was a beautiful day. All right? And then Thursday happened. All right? And <laughs> we had a beautiful, calm day. And then Thursday was the snowstorm. And it came in and, uh, and it just drove us crazy because you know, we just had a nice 65 degree day the day before. And now we're getting seven, eight, nine inches of snow. And uh, the calm before the storm. We say that sometimes. This is the calm before the storm. I, um, my grandmother, who passed away, uh, went home with the Lord a while back, um, she was in the mid-70s. And uh, she was up here visiting from Alabama. And my grandma is, you know, grew up in London. She grew up during World War II in the bombing from the Nazi Germans that came in. She survived the bombing. And so, but because of all of that, she was, you know, she had, um, anytime there was a thunderstorm that comes through, she would, she would, just because of what she went through, she would go hide underneath the table. You know, even in her later days here living in Alabama. And that was just her natural reaction because of all the bombing that she went through in World War II. And so she was very particular about storms. And uh, she was up here visiting, and we actually took her to the cabin in northern Michigan. And uh, we took her to the Osaba River, and, you know, our cabin is right there by, right by Mile. And if you know where that is, about three hours north of here. And, and we talked her into going canoeing. It's going to be a fine, beautiful day. She doesn't want to get wet. And said, listen, we have a canoe. It will be a 45-minute ride. You can ride with, you know, with my mom, you know, with her daughter. And, you know, you'll be safe. It's a beautiful day. All right? And so we talk her into it. She's, you know, she was all worried about getting wet, all worried about everything. But she thought it would be a nice little 45-minute canoe ride. And uh, so we drop her off. And then we were going to pick her up at a little spot. You know, we weren't going to do the full three-hour, four-hour canoe ride. It's a real short one. No big deal. And, uh, and I remember my dad and I, we, we, we had the truck, and we dropped them off. And there was a couple of others that went with them on canoes and, and a couple of inner tubes. And we dropped them off, and we waved. 
were waving them down the river. And they go around the bend. And they thought, oh, they're going to have a great time. And then you hear from a distance, boom. And all of a sudden, the sky turned black. And one of those northerner-type storms just rolled in. We'll find out later that this was a tornado in this storm. This was a bad, bad storm. And we just, uh, we just my dad and I, we just, our hearts just went so bad for my grandmother because, oh, man, we talked her into this. And, and so, uh, sure enough, you know, 35, 45 minutes later, they weren't there at the spot. I mean, there was lightning everywhere. And I come to find out that they had to get out of the water, which would be the safe thing to do, and get on the bank. And, and they were hiding behind, hiding underneath their canoe. But this canoe was not made out of metal, so this was a good canoe. It was one of those fiberglass. And they just kind of hid low. And my poor grandmother, you know, after that, she would never trust us again, ever. The calm before the storm. Sometimes you know it's coming. Sometimes it catches you by surprise. And sometimes in our lives, when life seems to be calm and peaceful, sometimes we just know it's coming. We might say, man, this is the calm before the storm, and something is brewing, and we just know it. it's happening. And most of the time, we're right. Most of the time, that storm comes through, and, and it comes through pretty strong. In fact, some of you right now, you might be struggling in a difficult circumstances or unfavorable situation right now in your life. Everything has come together to create this perfect storm of trouble in your life right now. And you're in it. And so today, instead of talking about the perfect storm, I want to talk about the perfect storm calmer. His name is Jesus. Now, we're looking at Mark chapter 4. We see the story in verse number 35. On that day when the evening came, so again, that night, I don't know why is it that Jesus wants to go on a boat ride in the middle of the night. But here they are. They go on a boat ride in the middle of the night. They don't have flashlights. You know, they don't have, you know, GPS system. They're just looking at the stars. The stars are going to navigate how they go on this lake. And so when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up in the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, Who is this man? Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? So today I want to look at four 
life-changing lessons that we can learn from this passage, and I pray that this would be an encouragement and a challenge for all of us this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes, storms happen even when Jesus is in your boat. It happens even when Jesus is in your life. We talked about this lake a few weeks ago. We talked about it when Jesus walked on water, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, real quick, the, the, the Sea of Galilee is not really a big sea. It's more of a lake. It's about six miles long, 14 miles wide. And it's one, in fact, one of the lowest lakes in the world. There's mountains surrounding this lake, so it makes a giant funnel, which makes it ripe for a storm to come in really fast. And that's what happened here. It's a beautiful night to calm before the storm. They get in the boat, and while they're in the middle of this lake, they're in the middle of this lake, the storm happens, they lose their stars, so they don't, know, they don't know where they're going, what direction they're heading, the waves are crashing, and all this is happening. And we see that in the verse 35, that this was going on, it's a dark and a scary moment for these disciples. By the way, sometimes Christians make the mistake that because if Jesus is in our life, we're immune to troubles and trials and pain and suffering. We think that, hey, when Jesus is in our life, we won't face these storms. But the fact is, is we will. Just because Jesus is in the boat doesn't mean that the storms won't happen, all kinds of storms that you're facing. Some of you are facing physical storms, a financial storm, emotional storms, um, and all these storms. They can happen, and they can strike at any time in your life, even when Jesus is in your boat. Some people, they think, hey, I've become a Christian. I, I thought God took care of all of it. That's not the case. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12, he said, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. It's going to happen. Don't be surprised as if something strange were happening to you. You see, the Bible isn't a feel-good book about people who live perfect lives. It's a book tracing lives of hundreds and hundreds of people who struggled with pain and suffering, yet they maintained their faith in God. They knew all along in every situation that God is in control. So don't be surprised when storms suddenly roll into your life. Here's the second lesson today. Storms create fears that cause more damage than the storm. Storms create fear that cause more damage than the storm itself. The disciples were fighting two storms. They were fighting the visible storm of the winds and the waves and the thunder and the lightning. They were fighting that storm, but they were also fighting the invisible storm of fear. Jesus said in verse 40, why are you so afraid? Why are you so scared? You still have no faith. Now, we talked about fear a couple of weeks ago, so I don't want to unpack it too much, but we talk about fear as false evidence appearing real. That's what it stands for, false evidence appearing real, fear. Fear oftentimes, if it's mismanaged, can paralyze you from 
doing what God wants you to do. It creeps in, and it can cause more damage than the thing that, fear, that you fear itself. It caused more damage. I, I hear a story about Paul Harvey. He's a famous uh, colorful radio personality. Many of you grew up listening to him, and, um, and he passed away, I believe, in like 2011, 2012. And uh, incredible man. He had stories all the time. One of the stories that he shared, and uh, one of the popular stories, about a story about a farmer, and, um, and, the, and the farmer had a problem. He had a, a, a hen farm, and throughout his time, there was some wild animal sneaking into the hen house and killing some of his hens. So he, the farmer decided, we've got to take care of this problem. So one night, he decided, I'm going to have my, my shotgun ready to go, and when I hear something happening, I'm going to be out there. And so sure enough, in the middle of the night, he hears the commotion going on in the, in, in the hen house. So he gets up, and he's only wearing a night shirt, all right? And he grabs his gun, and he runs out, and he's ready to face this little uh, predator, most likely a fox, and uh, he's going to get this, you know, predator. He's going to just kill the predator and stop him from killing all his hens. And so he gets in, he goes, gets out there, and it gets dark, and he, gets, he approaches that dark hen house, and all of a sudden, fear starts to creep in. He begins to think, what if, this fox had rabies. You know, what if this fox comes out and bites me? What if this isn't a fox? What if this is a wildcat? And so all of a sudden, he's got all these things, and he stopped, and he froze right here in the middle of the night. He's wondering what to do. And meanwhile, without hearing him, there was his Faithful, trusty old dog sneaking up behind him. Now, this trusty old dog thought, you know what? My master needs some love and affection. And so he stuck his nose underneath the night shirt and co-nosed him. And he wasn't expecting that. And off went the shotgun. Now, there was a casualty that night. 30 hands died by that shotgun. Paul Harvey, he said, it wasn't fear that killed the hand. It wasn't shotgun that killed the hand. It was fear that killed those 30 hands. If you're fighting against the storm of fear, God has a word for you this morning. He said in Isaiah 41 verse 10, do not fear, for I am with you. I am with you. He said, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What causes you to be afraid? What is it that paralyzes you from doing what God wants you to do? God is with you. Don't be afraid. Here's the third lesson. Storms never make Jesus panic. Storms never make Jesus panic. When my wife and I was living in Florida, I shared a story about us surviving Hurricane Ivan. Hurricane Ivan um, is a, was a catastrophic storm, Category 3, um, very high Category 3, almost a Category 4 storm that came through our 
city of Pensacola. And uh, we had just built our brand new house. We just moved in a few months prior, and, and we weren't sure how strong our house was. And so we thought, you know what, let's go to the church. The church building was a brand new building, and uh, they said this was a hurricane shelter. And we thought that would be a good place to go. And so we went, and we left our house. We boiled it all up, and we prayed it over, and prayed that God would protect our home from the storm. And then we went to our church building, and there were about 100-plus people staying in the church building. And uh, we were assured that this was the safest place to be in the storm. And so in the early part of the night, you know, you could start hearing the storm coming through, and no big deal. You know, we're, we're having fun. It's, we're playing cards, you know, with other people. And it's game night, you know. We're just relaxed. All right? We still got the power. You know, lights still on. And uh, we're just hanging out. And uh, all of us know that this storm is happening. And we're just kind of, you know, kind of shutting it out. But then the lights start to flicker. I said, so we lost power. No big deal. We have battery-powered lights. And so we said, hey, we can still keep playing our game. You know, still hanging out, having fun. About 2 o'clock th- in the morning, now I'm step outside, you know, I walk outside the parking lot, and, and, the, and the wind is really picking up. You know, here's, here's how fast the wind was picking up. There was a turtle flying across the parking lot. <laughs> World fastest turtle. And I thought, man, that was pretty awesome. I mean, he was just moving, all right? And so it, it was picking up. And, um, but, you know, no sweat. You know, probably at this point with the Category 1 storm, we still had to get to Category 3. And, and so about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, you start hearing the building shaking. And all of a sudden, you can feel the panic, a little nervousness in the room. Well, it's no big deal when with the Category 1, but when you start to get Category 2, Category 3, catastrophic-type winds, and then all of a sudden, on the second floor, we hear a big bang. Woke us all up, and we said, man, we got to go up there and check it out. We're not, all, we're not sleeping well anyway, so we, you know, me and a bunch of guys, we go up there, and all the windows on the second floor had blown in. So now we got wind blowing into the building, about to blow the roof off this place. I said, man, we've got to board this thing up. We've got to figure it out. We found some plywood. I mean, we're hammering things up. Uh, and then the, the rest of the time, we're just like, man, please don't make the wind any stronger. We, we don't know that this building will handle it. And we start to panic a little bit. We start getting a little nervous. Maybe we pick a bad shelter. You know, who knows? Who, who would have thought, right? We went to the church, and we thought we had a good shelter. But the shelter wasn't holding very well. Thankfully, by the end of the night, it, it held, held its own. Over a million dollars worth of damage to the building but we were all safe and sound and protected. You know, this is what panic looks like in your life. This is what panic happened. You know, at first the storm hit. You know what, you feel it, but you're like, you know what, we can handle it. It might look like a car bill. You know, unexpected car bill that you had to get fit. The car breaks down, so you take it to the mechanic, and, you know, they say it can cost several hundred dollars to fix it, and we have to have the car fit, right? And so you say, that's no big deal. You know, several hundred dollars, I mean, it's a big deal because, you know, but you have it. And then the next day, you get a bill from a doctor's office, an unexpected bill, and the insurance didn't pay for it, and you realize, man, now we got to pay $500. 
And then the other car, the next day, breaks down. And all of a sudden, you're like, God, please, no more. I can't handle it. I could handle the first little incident. I could handle the first bill. The second bill kind of, you know, you kind of tighten me up a little bit on me. But now, panic starts to kick in. You see, here's the disciples in the story. They, some of these guys are fishermen. They live on the lake. All right, and I'm sure when the storm started coming in, it's like, okay, the waves are fine, and there's a little rough out here. But the waves got bigger and bigger, and before you know it, they're panicking. It, it becomes to overwhelm them, the storm did. Bible says in, in uh, verse 38, Teacher, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? But Jesus wasn't panicking. You know what Jesus was doing, right? Very read it, but he's sleeping. He found the most comfortable spot in the whole boat. He's sleeping on a cushion, taking a nap. And the disciples, they're trying to dig water out. You know, they're trying to pull water out of the boat. They're just trying to stay afloat. And Jesus is sleeping. And I love, and I love this picture of this. I, as I imagine this story in my head, I mean, the waves are crashing. The winds are howling. The disciples, they're getting sick. Some of them might be losing their lunches. I mean, this is not a pretty sight. And Jesus is sleeping all through it. Like it's no big deal. What we learn from this? Well, first, in Jesus' humanity, Jesus' humanity caused him to be so drained from dealing with people that he could sleep through a storm. But the second thing is his divinity assured him that just because there was a storm, there was no need to panic. No need to panic. You can be certain that there are two words that you can never hear in heaven. Uh-oh. You can be sure of that. God has never and will never say, hmm, I never saw that coming. Nothing has ever caught God by surprise. I've heard someone say, there is no panic in heaven, only plans. There's no panic in heaven, only plans. And the key to having peace in the middle of that storm is found when you're trusting in Jesus. The Bible says in John 16, verse 33, Jesus told the disciples, I have told you these things so that in me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Notice that Jesus did not say, with me. He didn't say, with me. He said, in me, you may have peace. And the illustration that helped me claim peace is to think about being in Christ the same way that Noah was in the ark. Noah was not with the ark. He was in the ark. His family, the animals, were safe in the ark. And that's what it means to be in Christ. To be in Christ. Jesus can sleep through a storm, and if you are in Christ, you can rest in the middle of your storm as well. My question for you this morning is, are you 
in Christ. You could be at church this morning with Christ. You say, well, I've got Jesus here. I'm listening to Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. I'm with Christ. But you're not in Christ. You've never a time in your life given your heart to Jesus Christ and asked him to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. You've never asked him to come and forgive you of your sins. But when you do, you become in Christ. In a few minutes, we're going to see six people taking a next step in faith, and they're making a decision by being baptized. And when they're getting baptized, they're saying, hey, I have Christ in me, and I am in Christ as well. Christ in me and me in Christ. Kind of like a double assurance right there. And that's what they're basically saying when they're getting baptized. They're publicly announcing that they have made a decision in Christ. In Christ. Here's the fourth lesson from the story. Storm still surrender to the power of Jesus. The Bible says in verse 39 that Jesus woke up, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died, and it was completely calm. In the original language, Jesus used a word, a parent, would you to reassure a troubled child. He didn't yell at the storm. He didn't yell at the storm and say, y'all knock it off. He didn't do that. That's what we do sometimes, right? <laughs> y'all knock it off. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus put a hush tone said, hey, hey, hey. Shh. Hush. Hush. And when he did that, Storm. Calm down. There was a mega calm. And I like to picture Jesus. Went back to sleep. <laughs> After all that, he went back to bed. Isn't that what we do in the middle of the night when the kids are up? Then we go back to sleep. Jesus went, I don't know if he did or not, but I like to think maybe he went back to sleep. Meanwhile, the disciples, the only thing you hear in this mega calm is the ragged breath that they just can't believe what just happened. And then they say, what kind of man is this? Who is this guy? Who is this man? And that's a question that each one of, each, every one of us must answer for ourselves. Who is Jesus? If you believe that he is the creator of the wind and the waves, then you can believe that all he has to do is say, Hush, in the middle of your situation. He had the power to do that. He had the power to stay quiet in the middle of your storm. And you'll find the same kind of calm that the disciples experienced. In almost 20 years of my ministry, I've seen hundreds of Christians go through times of pain, stress in their life. And many of them possess a sense of peace and calmness that is beyond human understanding. And that's exactly the kind of peace that the Bible promised in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, In the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
Have you ever noticed the secret service agent around the president? I mean, you see the president walking through, but there's all these men, you know, in, uh, in their suits and ties, you know, walkie-talkies and little talks. You know, I had a couple friends from college that went and served in the secret service agent. And um, in fact, we've had a couple that visited. They don't live here, but when they come in town, uh, they come and see me here. And uh, great guys and great stories. They got great stories about how they walk and protect the president of the United States. And, um, and their job is to protect and guard POTUS. That's their job, is to guard and to protect him. In exactly the same way, God's peace can surround your mind and guard your thought life. The secret service agent, they're trained to prevent any threat of harm to the president. God's peace can protect your mind from damaging thought that your fear sometimes tries to invade. The peace of God, the peace of God, the storm surrender to the power of God. In the middle of the storm, the disciples, in the middle of their panic, they forgot something that Jesus had said in the beginning of this whole story. Maybe you forgot about it too. We see in verse number 35, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. What was Jesus plan all along? What was his plan? Was his plan to go to the middle of the sea and sink? No. Was his plan to go and fill the boat with water? No. Was his plan to go out in the middle of the storm and lose their lives? No. See, his plan all along was let us go to the other side. And his plan stayed intact. And why Jesus said that, once Jesus said that we're going to the other side, no devil, nor demon, nor the army of the Roman Empire could sink that little boat. And Jesus had promised his followers that we'll make it through every storm as well. Bible says in Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it onto completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He will see you through. If the disciples had just trusted his word, they would have never been afraid of drowning. Here's the lesson. If you can't remember anything else I talk about this morning, here's the one thing I hope you remember from this story. When Jesus is in your boat, you're going to make it to the other side. When Jesus is in your boat, when Jesus is in your life, you will make it to the other side. It may not be the way you think it will work, but he has a plan. And he will carry you through and through. So how do you see life? How do you see it? If it's a life driven by fear, if it's a life driven by fear, then you will live by the model, this is just the calm before the storm. But if you live a life of faith, if you live that life with eyes of faith and not eyes of fear, that no matter what happens, 
God is going to carry you through to the other side that no matter what happens, so that when you're being tossed around in the storm, that you'll be able to say, this is just the storm before the calm. I pray that today, that you will keep calm and trust Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you today. We thank you that you're in the boat. I thank you that you're available to be in our boat if we never have asked you to be in our boat, that you're in our lives. God, I pray that maybe perhaps there's someone here that's never asked you to be in their lives. They've never given their heart to you and invited you into their life. God, I pray that they won't live, that they won't continue on without you, that they will today invite you in their boat. And God, there's Christians all over this room this morning, many believers, and you're in the boat, but sometimes we forget that you are, and panic happens, and fear begins to take place. God, I pray that we will begin to see eyes of faith in all of our storms, to trust you. But sometimes the storm gets worse before it gets better, but God, I pray that every step along of the way, that you will give us a peace that will protect us and watch over us from all the damaging thoughts that we might have. God, I pray that we will learn to keep calm and trust in you. God, we thank you for those who have taken your next step in faith. We thank you for those who testifying by baptism that they are in Christ. We thank you for those decisions. God, we ask you bless the next few minutes as we sing, as we worship you. And you're in my prayer. Amen. <laughs>